Hello, this is episode four of Correct Opinions on Wrestling. Uh, tonight we're going to be reviewing the AEW Dynamite from September 23rd. I'm George. I'm Melissa. Uh, before we get started, I uh, just want to say rest in peace to Road Warrior Animal. Um, he passed away at age 60, which is exceptionally young, but uh, young deaths seem to be... Um, par for the course for professional wrestling, sadly. Damn. Yeah. And also, not to get too political, because we've all come here to hear about our favorite escape, professional wrestling, but disturbing news in the Breonna Taylor case. Um, I just want to say this podcast stands with Black Lives Matter. And, uh, we'll leave it at that. And I echo what she says. I couldn't say it any better. Yeah. So, just now putting let, that out there. Yeah. Now let us escape for a short period of time into professional wrestling land where most things make sense. The good guy wins and it's fun. So let's escape into that for a few minutes. Let's do it. Okay. So we start the show with Kip Sabian and Penelope coming out to announce their best man Miro is having his first match. Good for Miro. And their match is against Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. Yeah, and with Kip and Miro tag teaming. Right. Against right. Joey and Sonny. And I just want to say, I've really come around to Joey and Sonny as a team. Um, I just want to say, I was always a believer. I, always, I was always a believer in Joey and Sonny. I always liked the gimmick. Um, I always liked the character work. But uh, I feel like they're really showing off in the ring now. I feel like they're legit. I think they're legit. I always thought they were legit. You hear that, Joey and Sonny? I've always been a fan. I'm like him. I think I always thought it was great. This isn't a competition. <laughs> I want to be friends with Joey and Sonny. <laughs> be my friend, please. Well, Joey Janela pushed me out of the way at an indie show. Did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. That was great. Well, he knew you were a piece of shit. Game recognized game. <laughs> yeah. One more thing before we get too far into the match. I just want to say, finally... They changed that goddamn builder's grade carpet on the stairs mm -hmm. to black. I know that was really getting to you. It was. It looked like a, it looked like a cheap house's carpet, and now yeah. it looks like a professional wrestling ring. Yeah, it's almost like they're listening to this podcast. They're one of nine people who have heard this podcast. Tony Khan, <laughs> call me. Put me on the payroll. I'll get you to two million viewers. Oh my god. So, in this match, uh, there was a brief promo from Joey where he talked about how he used to date Penelope. So, it was a little bit of like a, I used to date her, and now you're making a mistake by marrying her dynamic, which is fun. And it was a good match, and then we, we end it with Miro smashing Sonny's spine. I cringed. Dead Space style. Dead Space, the mighty boot. He mighty booted his spine and then put him in a... Game over, which is a modified Cobra clutch, I think, or maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Either way, Miro won. And I gotta say, when he did that whole game over thing and he yelled it, mm -hmm. I got real big uh, Raul Julia and Street Fighter as M. Bison vibes. That's never a bad sign. Who said it better? I mean, I didn't think it was a bad match, but I wasn't really vibing with this match. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a fun opener. Yeah, I oh yeah, I think it was a good open to the show. So moving on, as and they're then, going to the back. Before they're even in the back, Eddie Kingston marches his ass out. He and he he scuttles. He scuttles out like a bug. I love him so much. And like it's so great because Lance Archer ends up with COVID. So six man's not happening tonight. And I thought in my head before the show, how's AEW going to handle this? And it's handled perfectly. Eddie Kingston comes out and goes, I don't know if you like social media, but I'm sure you've heard. So in like one second, 
Eddie Kingston handles it. It's handled. It doesn't have to be hard. And then, in one minute, in one minute of him talking, he is able to sell me this match with Moxley. In one minute, he is able to make me seriously care. If that's not skills, I don't even know what. Who's better at a promo than Eddie Kingston? Who can make you care so easily and quickly? Coming out, calling Mox a sellout, saying he's the sports entertainer. Mm-hmm. Calls Moxie out. Moxie comes out. They're face-to-face in the ring. Pushing their heads together. Like a UFC weigh-in. Or a couple of goats. Or a couple of goats. <laughs> and then the refs have to come out and break it up. But, like, it's so amazing to me. Like, Eddie Kingston is able to do in one minute what, like, some programs can't do in months. <laughs> it's just amazing. He's an, he's amazing. Efficiency is Look. one thing that AEW really gets in promos. Love it. So then after that, we have Kenny Omega coming out to sit at commentary. Kenny's a mean girl lately. Like, he is just a passive-aggressive... Yeah, it really made me sound. He was talking about... Oh, because of the match. <laughs> we should mention what match it is. He comes out to comment on a match between Evil Uno and Hangman Page. And he talks about Uno's hideous physique. He was making fucking fat comments about Evil Uno. And I was like, damn, what a little bitch. You know, the internet uh, used to talk about Roman Reigns wrestling in that vest saying, Roman's shameful back. Yeah. And this is a lot of that. I don't, I don't go for that. And they did mention that this was initially offered as a tag match, but Kenny declined. Yeah, I think that's what's so funny is, like, Kenny says he's done with the tag team, but he keeps com- coming out on the commentary and commenting Hangman's matches, talking about how he's a single star, He's a commentary. Hangman's out here winning singles matches. Yeah. Well, he sits on his ass at commentary talking about how he's a singles star. Which I think is pretty hilarious. And I want to make a production note here. It's always going to be a point of contention that AEW does the whole picture-in-picture thing, which, honestly, I don't like. Um, They use it during too many important moments. But if they're going to use a picture-in-picture... Don't then cut away to a full commercial. Like, pick one. Like, what is the point of that? Yeah, I'm actually going to be commenting on that very soon, too. All right. Because I'm even more angry about it later. So Paige wins the storyline. I thought it was interesting. At one point, Uno sends the Dark Order. You know how the Dark Order always comes out to the ring with them. He sends the Dark Order to the back. I thought that was interesting. Like, what's going on there? The man had something to prove, even if he lost. Yeah. Paige wins it with a buckshot lariat. So Paige wins again. His singles stardom rising as Kenny sits at commentary and talks about how he's a single star. I'm sure it's going somewhere, but it's pretty funny right now. Can we get old Kenny back already? Can we get Kenny to come out in the leather again in a fucking pair of shades? Yeah, that was pretty hilarious. When he came out, he's wearing a white t-shirt and, like, gym shorts. And I was talking about how he needs, like, some kind of style. He needs to come out looking cool. And then J.R. comments on his clothing like 30 seconds later. I thought that was pretty funny. If J.R.'s thinking, you might want to dress better. That says something. We've seen the shirts J.R. wears on commentary. But, but you know, if you wear a cowboy hat, it doesn't matter what shirt you're wearing. All right. Kenny Omega in a cowboy hat. Confirmed. I wouldn't be mad about it. No. I wouldn't be mad. So, then we go to the back where Tony Schiavone is knocking on the Young Bucks' door. A little bit scared he's about to get his ass super kicked. And uh, Matt Jackson comes to the door. Nothing? Okay, I'll continue. (laughs) Tony Schiavone's asking him questions about FTR. He's getting more and more angry. Until he takes Tony's phone and smashes it. He breaks his phone. Smashes the screen up and then throws some money at him. Damn. Like, he's a cheap hooer. Hooer. So, that's what happens for Shivani. He's going to be buying a new phone. How many weeks can they go around fucking with production staff and non-wrestlers before we get some uh, ramping up of the consequences for those boys? We will see. We will see. We will find out. 
So, next match. Next match, Orange Cassidy versus Brody Lee for the TNT title. Yes. Oh, boy, do I have a lot to say about this. First, I want to say they showed the crowd and there was a baby Orange Cassidy out there, which is my favorite. I love it when the babies come to this show. When the kids are dressed as Orange Cassidy. Oh, my God, that's so cute. Loved it. So, were you going to say there's a lot of tomfoolery? I have so many problems with this match. A lot of them. Let most me start of them. with the tomfoolery. You got Silver on the outside. Stomping on Orange's jacket. Stomping on Orange's shirt. You got Anna Jay coming up to the side of the ring. Him putting his sunglasses on her. And then he starts to match out by putting his hands in his pocket. Classic Orange Cassidy. Which is classic Orange Cassidy, but I also feel like it's a lot of tomfoolery for a shot at the TNT belt. It's mind games with the opponent. Well, if you if you put it like that, I can kind of see it, but it also seems kind of like fucking around. Well, Brody interrupts it anyway. He's not having it. Tosses Orange Cassidy around like a rag doll. Mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy gets to the outside, and that's when the Putty Patrol comes out. Fuckery with the minions. Yeah. Then we go to picture and picture. Uh, now it's my turn to talk about picture and picture. I guess I don't know. I don't know what the behind the scenes is on how it works with the commercials and whatnot. But god damn it! And I'll just mention it now because it happens later on in the night too in the main event for the belt. Goddamn picture and picture during a fucking belt. A chance for a belt. To me, that's just insane. It's disrespectful. It's insane to me. And you know what? Maybe behind the scenes there's something they can do about it. I guess. Doesn't mean I have to like it. (laughs) I don't like the picture in picture during belts. A championship match is a big deal and it should be treated like a big deal. I don't want to see fucking Arby's commercials. But they got the meats. I don't care how many meats they have. All of them. Literally all the meats. And then there's a dog food commercial, so my fucking eye is like drifting off to look at the dog. Gotta look at those doggos. I'm trying to enjoy the match, but fucking there's cute dogs on the on the main part of the screen. So yes. For the love of God, if there's anything you can do about picture in picture during title matches. And we know they're listening. Fuck <laughs> yeah. They're all listening. Fucking do it, okay? Because the belts need to mean something. Like, how do you make your fans care if you say, um, you know, the belt's great and all, but here's an Arby's commercial. (laughs) It's just weird to me. Well, there's some real brand synergy there. Don't forget about those uh, pictures that the Arby's Twitter account does with the SOS. The different wrestlers, and they put it out, so. Oh, they did that? Yeah, they do that all the time. Okay, well, all right. I'm still not liking still, it. Like, can't you just like skip the commercials by putting a fucking Cracker Barrel cracker, a Cracker Barrel Cracker Barrel out by the ring, and then you make your money that way? Can't we make like an Arby's Battle Meat, uh, an Arby's Meat Massacre? Oh god, Book that it. sounds disgusting. That sounds really gross. So anyway, I feel like what this match is trying to tell me is that Orange Cassidy is way better than Cody Rhodes. Well, that didn't need to be said. Because fucking Cody lasted three minutes, and Orange got in a ton of offense. That was never in question, though. And Cody never had to battle the minions. No. Like, Orange Cassidy has the other Dark Order people interfering a bunch. A lot. So much that I'm like, what's the ref doing? And he's still, like, holding his own. So we come back from picture in picture. Orange Cassidy gets dumped on his head. That was a pretty uh, nasty looking dump. Mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy can't stand back up multiple times. Oh, yeah. I think our feed cut out, but we quickly got it back. And, uh, yeah, so it ends with uh, Orange goes to do the orange punch, hits Silver. Because his ass is in the ring for some reason. Instead of Brody. Brody gets him with the discus lariat. Brody wins. But. Lights go out. The fucking lights go out. The shit that. Let's paint a picture. No let's paint a picture first. On the screen there's like some weird red 
Red soda. There's it looks like red soda. There's red soda on the screen. So we got some Mountain Dew Code Red on the Tron. There's some like ominous tones playing. And it's like, holy shit. My first thought was, this better not be fucking Cody Rhodes. <laughs> oh. Then all of a sudden, the ominous tones turn into emo music that was popular in 2005. For a minute. And it's fucking Cody Rhodes coming out. Holy shit. This whole. This. This whole. This. This asshole comes out. To all this fucking self-made fanfare. And. Uh, turns out. Let's, let's paint the picture some more. He's wearing all black. And he's got black hair. Ladies and gentlemen. This is the dark side of Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes went full Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 3. When I saw his dark hair. My first thought was that it's always sunny in Philadelphia, where Dennis dyes his hair black, and they ask him if he's trying to be Superman. The hair's too dark. You need to go dark brown. Don't go black. It's too dark for your skin tone. It looks like Just for Men. Just for Men Cody. Oh my god. I mean, hey, we know from that, we know from that oh, TV sh show, the game show he's doing, or whatever it fucking is, we know he'll do anything, so maybe he'll oh show up god. on the Just For Men commercial. That's what's so fucking funny, because first of all, number one, for him to be going dark, he hasn't even been gone that long, number one. Five weeks! Number two, we already know where he's been, it's not like he's been out there fucking training and getting dark and getting into his dark self. He's been fucking hanging out doing a game show with Snoop Dogg. Like, we know your ass didn't go to the dark side. Hey. You just dyed your hair black. You were gone for a little over a month and you have black hair. And I'm supposed to give a shit. Cody Rhodes looks like he's auditioning to be in Green Day. I mean, oh man, I feel so bad now. Why? I've gone hard, but there's just something that really irritates me about, like, okay, you're in charge you're, you've got, like, a major role in the company, and you're pushing yourself so hard, and it's just, like, how do I say this without being too mean? No, be very mean. It just feels like bullshit, I guess. Cody wrote- It's just not cool. I just feel like, I don't think Cody understands what's cool. But I think he really thinks he knows what's cool. But it's not cool. Cody That's Rhodes, as nice as I can say it. Well, I'm going to put it in a less nice way. Cody Rhodes is like the four-year experiment where WWE was shoving Roman Reigns down everybody's throat if Roman Reigns had the book. Yeah. Not good. And and I hope someone reigns him in, but uh, I, I don't have any... Um, much hope for that. So basically, Cody's been gone for a little over a month shooting a game show. He comes back. I guess he's dark now, and he fucking beats up five from the Dark Order, I think. And here's the thing. If and you're going like, to okay. do this, mm -hmm. if you're going to use an Orange Cassidy title match to put yourself over with your stupid emo bullshit, why not do something productive with it? Why not have Cody Rhodes come back Cost him the match. Orange Cassidy is your new champion. Everybody goes home happy in spite of his bullshit. Yeah, let's not book. I, I try so hard not to book. But I'm just... Let's just say i that's how I would have liked it to it. I don't want to be a book. I try to be a booker. But like, that's... That would have... I'm just going to say that would have been more interesting. And I just keep thinking, like, where did Cody go wrong? Because I feel like when AEW started, I thought Cody was good. And then just at a certain point, I just got sick of it. Do you remember when that happened? I don't. So, something broke, and it was just like, okay, that's enough now. The stuff with MJF was great. Yeah. So it was after MJF. I don't know what happened, but... Here we maybe are. Maybe it was what... Oh, it might have been the whole Lance Archer with Mike Tyson watching thing. Oh, I... That might have that might have been a, something that broke the camel's back. I memory hold that. Oh, so, All right, wait, I told him, sorry for being so mean. I'm, I'm not. Just like, what the, you gotta I commit to it. I don't want to be it. so mean. I don't want to be so mean and so shitty, but it's... 
to be honest, like, that's how I honestly feel about it. That's honestly how I feel about it. I don't fucking like it. And you know what? I probably wouldn't be so mad at Cody if his fucking wife wasn't pulling shit, too. Because now it just seems like a fucking double team of bullshit. If they weren't both doing it, I feel like I'd be more tolerant. But I feel like they're both the same, like, self-congratulatory bullshitters. It's masturbation is what it is. Ugh, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna cool it now. I'm gonna stop being so mean. I'm just like, in this moment right now, that's how I honestly feel about it. If you're not mean, I'm gonna have to get meaner to pick up your slack, oh, and then no. you're gonna get mad at me for going too far. Probably. God, I'll so let, let's try to balance it then, I guess. All right, carry your weight over here. Ooh. In right. terms of meanness, you're doing a great job otherwise. Thank you. So then we get a great promo from Brody Lee. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. He's pissed. Oh my, you're saying holy shit. I don't understand exactly what he was talking about. <laughs> Do you think? Well, he mentioned, first of all, he challenges Cody to a dog collar match in which he's going to wrap the chain around that, quote, godforsaken <laughs> tattoo. Wait, I'm going to say something about that first. When he first got that tattoo, I mean, okay. No, you got to be mean about the tattoo. Don't. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not saying I'm an expert on tattoos. But I do have a lot of them. And at one point I was a tattoo apprentice. I've watched hundreds of tattoos being done. I know a lot about tattooing. I never thought that was a well done tattoo. Of first course of all. it's not a well done tattoo. Number two. I looked up the place where he got it done. And they didn't even have it on their Instagram page. Which is like. Why wouldn't you be pushing the fact that you tattooed a famous person. If you're proud of it. But, there was a part of me, I do have, like, a tattoo that people didn't like. So, whenever I see someone getting made fun of for their tattoo, I feel a little bit of internal trauma, because that's happened to me. So, it's like, oh, when people don't like your tattoo, it's fucking sad. But, again, not to be mean, but to be honest, it is a bad tattoo. So, when he says, godforsaken tattoo, I thought, damn, that's putting it nicely. Is he supposed to be the heel? (laughs) Brody Lee is supposed to be the heel in this, and I don't understand that because he's he's shitting on that fucking abortion of a tattoo. And then that's going too far. And then apologize right now. Absolutely not. Apologize. No, I will not. Apologize. I refuse. That's going too far. And then that's too much. The heel. Not that bad. Supposed. The supposed heel then turns around and dumps on Brandy Rhodes as a thirst trap, dumping out bikini pictures all over social media. Well, I mean, he says she's putting up thirst trap photos and calling him daddy. And I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? And then we looked at, I don't know about the daddy thing, that that went over my head. (laughs) But we looked it up, and apparently Brandy Rhodes, if you don't know has been posting pictures of herself in, you know, bikinis or whatever, and making cute little puns, she thinks, saying, ooh, chief bikini officer. Like, come. I have no problem with that. If she wants to, I have no problem if she wants to put up pictures of her in a swimsuit, that's fine. Yeah, but, but. It's the caption more than anything. Like, like, oh, okay, yeah, you're so fucking great. Well, I don't know. That's, I, that's not. With my problem with her, that has nothing to do. That's so far down the list of, like, anything I could even remotely have a problem with. I don't care if she does that. I just think it's funny that, like, I was supposed to know about it. <laughs> like, he's up here talking about these photos, and I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? Like, I just think it's funny that it's, like, expected that you would know what he's talking about. You dump on a shitty, but you dump on a shitty tattoo... And probably the shittiest the women's division has to offer, who also has the book, and this is supposed to be the heel. Mm. I don't get it. 
But, oh, I, I mean, I absolutely get it. Cody's booking the fucking thing. I don't know. But we'll see where it goes. But it was funny, so I'm not mad about it. I'm I'm pro Brody in this uh in this feud. I'm always pro Brody. Absolutely. I mean, like I didn't love his match. I mean, I love Orange. I love Brody. I didn't love the match, but it's like whatever. It, it wasn't bad. I'm not mad about it. I just like I don't know. I guess I just expect so much from those two because they're so great. And I'm just so happy to see Brody Lee doing so well. Because he's so talented and cool. And, and I said this to you. Can you imagine? Vince McMahon didn't want him to cut promos. Yeah, well, I listened to a thing on Jericho's podcast, and I guess it's because, like, he wanted him to be a southern idiot. And he's like, I'm from Rochester, New York. I don't have a southern accent. So he, so he doesn't get to talk because he can't do a southern accent. But Okay company run by a madman absolutely incredible so then we uh if tonight's a roller coaster we go down for a while before oh, we're going back you're up already being mean you haven't even said what it was the next two segments are just they they were melatonin oh. televised well okay let's 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 explain it we have Matt Hardy come out with Private Party. First of all, happy fucking birthday, Matt Hardy, you king. Happy birthday, happy Matt birthday. Hardy. Happy birthday. I love Matt Hardy. Happy birthday. Okay, so he's out there with Private Party. He's trying to figure out who attacked him last night. Was it MJF? Was it Brody Lee? Was it the dreaded inner circle? He thinks it's Jericho. He's the prime suspect because he has his back. And he says Jericho is an asshole. My God. Which on commentary they were speculating whether or not that would be on a t-shirt next week. Were they? I missed that. And they were. They were. <laughs> and I was thinking if they had a picture of Jericho with the word asshole under it, people would buy that shirt. I'd buy it. Like they made a joke about it, but that's actually a hilarious shirt. So Jericho comes out. Says he didn't do it. Wait, he's out there saying Tana, Ortiz, and Hager. Right, the inner circle. We're also going to mention this. Their boy Sammy's back. Sammy's back. Let's mention that first. Long story short, he says he didn't do it. He would do it right to his face so that Matt could see the happiness in his eyes as he beat him. But, even though he didn't do it last week, he'll do it this week. So Matt wants to beat his ass. But then Isaiah... Well, Mark Quinn. Oh, yeah, Mark Quinn's like, cool it. I'll beat his ass. And then Isaiah Cassidy says, no, both of you cool it. I am the one who will beat the ass. Yes. And I just want to say, I like Private Party a lot. I like the combination of Private Party with Matt Hardy. Isaiah Cassidy cuts one of the most stilted oh poor promos i no. think i've seen in this company i okay wait no, no, it was bad i cannot believe no right stick him on give him more time on bte so he can get used to cutting promos and developing that aspect of the char character because this just did not work on any level. And you're lying if you tell me it did. Okay, that was... no, no. I'm not saying it was good. When he talks, also Mark Quinn was the same way. It does sound like some young guy who needs maybe a couple promo classes with Matt Hardy. That's something you can work on them with, Matt. Work on promos. Because when he says it, you just don't believe him. Like, I can't believe... Like, if he was out talking to some dude out, you know, in real life, he would, if he's going to beat his ass, he's not going to say it like that. This sounded like it a promo I'd hear on WWE. It did. It sounded a little bit scripted. But again, it wasn't so bad that I'm mad about it. I just feel like they just sound so young. They sound inexperienced. They do. So that's something they can work on. I don't, I, don't, I mean... It wasn't the best thing ever. I'm not saying it was good, but uh, 
I, it's something they could work on. I, I just don't think it's a big deal. I'm just saying, when you have a segment that involves Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho, it should not be this boring. Oh. And it was bad. It Say it a little louder. I know you don't yeah. want to be mean. I'm trying to be, it was a little bit boring. It was a lot boring. I'm not mad about it. It can be fixed. It can be improved upon. I'm not mad. I'll never get those 10 minutes back of my life. Oh, they can't be fixed. Please. Oh, yeah. They can That's improve. a fucking 10 minutes they... trying to get back. Hey, at the end, it'll all add up. <laughs> and another thing, like, I just want to say, like, he needs to sound more believable and more into it. But also, like, this this go-to insult, he calls him, he, he says he's going to make him his, like, champion bitch. What does that even mean, number one? <laughs> No, it's just like, I just feel like bitch is such like an overused insult. I personally would like to hear new, better insults. And when I heard it, my first thought was, whatever happened to candy ass? Remember that insult? Candy ass. Can we bring back candy ass? Because I'm getting bored with bitch this, little bitch that. It just get uh, that just seems like their go to for when they want to get a pop from the audience. And it works with depending on who you are. Yeah. It's like, oh my god. Like, first of all, wouldn't it be, I'm going to make Le Champion into Le Bitch? Wouldn't that have made more sense? Actually, that does. I was prepared to make fun of you, but that actually. (laughs) Well, maybe maybe you shouldn't always have your finger on that particular (laughs) button. Wouldn't it be better if it was Le Candy Ass? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that would be even greater. I didn't new insults because i guess you like bitch is like such the boring go-to like and private party isn't hard enough for that let me put it that way if eddie kingston does it if john moxley does it i get it's overused but right it it sounds scary yeah that's just sounded like a couple of young guys trying to sound hard and failing I'm sorry. You're being too mean to private party. I'm not being mean. I like private party. They're young. They got potential. It's just going to take but they a little don't, bit of time. They don't need a few promo classes with Matt Hardy. They need like a 16-week intensive course. Well, they got time. They do have time. That'll happen. Anyway. Anyway, next to the next thing. Another god-awful segment. We come back. I think it went on commercial when we came back. Shivani is in the ring with FTR and Tolly Blanchard. Tully explains how matches work again. Holy shit. I never know what the fuck they're, they're getting at. Okay, first of all, they said championship matches are a 60-minute limit. They're, they decided they personally have made the rule where it's 20 minutes so the TV audience can get a brush with greatness. And I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about? They're making, they're making personally the matches 20 minutes. Tully had a check with the lawyers. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then, okay, he's done this before, where he talks about, okay, before he said, you got the belts because you worked hard, you became number one contenders, you beat the champs. Ah, So first of all, he explained how you win a championship, and then he goes on about how in this 20-minute match, get this, guys, I don't Mm -hmm. know if you knew this, hold on to your asses, if it's a 20-minute limit, and the other team doesn't beat them... They get the win? Holy shit, thank you, Tolly Blanchard, for explaining this to me. Did you know that? I didn't. And did you also know that if you win the match, you get a check in the winner's column on your record? (laughs) Did you know that? That if you win a match, they record it as a win? It's just amazing to me that Tolly Blanchard, like, he gets paid to just come out and explain how winning works. Is anybody else catching this? Because when I hear these fucking promos, I feel like maybe I'm insane. Like, this just reminds me of, like, an old, old family guy joke where they had, like, a John Madden character in a booth going, like, well, you know what? I think this is going to be a game of football. Oh, my God. That's really true. Like, sometimes when you watch, like, sports coverage, it's like, well, the guy's going to take the ball into the end zone and score a touchdown, and then uh, his team's going to get points. One of these teams is going to win the game here today. (laughs) The team who scores the most points, get this, wins the game. I seriously have heard shit like that on sports commentary. That's all SportsCenter is. And I feel like that's what he's doing. And I'm like, is anyone else catching this? Am I insane? Am I missing something? 
because it's hilarious. I don't know. Let me know in the comments if I'm insane or if he's insane. Someone explain it to me. Now, to make a comment, you type in the box, and you've already done that. <laughs> and then after you've written out what you're going to say, you check it over, and then you're going to go to the bottom, and you're going to press that post button. Oh, shit. And then that comment's going to be up. <laughs> and when that comment's up, everyone can read it. It's there for everyone to see. It's a matter of public record. <laughs> Thank the, God someone explained that to me. And the only way to change that is to hit the edit or delete button. That's it. Holy shit. All right. Damn, so, that was a promo you just pulled. Thank you. Oh, my God. Maybe I'll teach private party a thing or two. Oh, now you lost me. Now you're an <laughs> asshole. All right. So after he explains how winning works, he says that next week SCU is going to get a brush with greatness because they get one of those fabled 20-minute time limit matches that Tolly Blanchard invented. That we didn't even know were legal until <laughs> he checked with legal. So, they're talking shit about SCU and then they're talking shit about best friends. Best friends make their way out because they're implying that best friends like are just shit wrestlers. Like, their, their match last week didn't mean anything. Because it wasn't old-timey style. So they come out. And uh, they're like, oh, 20-minute matches, eh? Let's fucking pull one of those right now. They tease a fight. They tease it. Fight doesn't happen. FTR backs out of the ring. Says, oh, you guys should really heal up before you have this match. We want you 100%. Wink, wink. Best friends call them weenies, and then we get the hug with the Okada cam shot. They give the people what they want, and goddamn, if that wasn't what I wanted. Not the match. I just wanted the hug. Fuck the match. I'll tell you what just I wanted, and no offense to best friends, because they were great as always, I wanted this segment to end. Mm -hmm. I wanted this segment to end. It was too long. Uh, Tully Blanchard doesn't seem to know where the fuck he is <laughs> half the time. This, going from the Matt Hardy private party mat, um, segment into this, I needed a pick-me-up. This did not do it. Well, the next match? No, the FTR match. Oh. The, the, the segment, the oh, FTR okay, segment. Yeah. We had two bad segments in a row, basically. Yeah. So then we have the coolest name for a tag team ever. La Sicaria. Ivelisse. Diamante versus Thunder Rosa and Sheeta. And I gotta say, if the plan for the uh, Japanese women wrestlers to save this division didn't work, and it didn't, maybe the Lucha women can do it because they've got some talent out here. The Latinas. And Sheeta was there too. So they had talent and Sheeta. Not a fan. Not a fan of Sheeta. I said Latina, but Puerto Rican. Wait, Thunder Rosa's from Mexico. The Hispanic women. Okay. There, yes. I got it. The Hispanic women. Please don't cancel us. It's only our fourth episode. Why would they cancel us for saying Latina? You and never Hispanic? know. You never well, know. Well, a lot of people don't know the difference. Well, then they need to educate themselves. Latin is from Latin America. Hispanic is from a Spanish-speaking country. By the way, it's Hispanic Heritage Month. So, happy Ooh, Hispanic Heritage Month. Nice save. That's not a save, it's a fact! Oh my god, you're such a piece of shit. Things can be two things. So they have a match. It's happening. I don't know what happened last week. I heard on Wrestling News that apparently Eva Lise wasn't selling Thunder Rosa's shit, so she started beating on her for real. But I guess, like, the match was edited before it went on air. I don't know. I thought last week was a good match. So, shows how much I know. <laughs> I thought it was good. And, uh, I wasn't mad at this match. Uh, Thunder Rosa ends up accidentally kneeing Sheeta in the face. But, uh, Sheeta still pulls it out. Ends up pinning Diamante. And, uh, 
Not to be a booker. I try not to be a booker. But I would have loved to have seen La Sicaria win this because I just think that's a more interesting story. I think they could have done more with it. Because I don't think it would have hurt Thunder Rosa and Sheeta to have lost that. You have nothing to say about it? I agree. I agree. And I, I didn't see a lot of this match. I, I think our dog had to go out during this match. I saw the whole match. But uh, No, you did. I didn't. That's why I'm kind of deferring to you here. Oh, but... I didn't realize you were. I thought you were just being quiet. Oh, no. For no reason. Yeah, but I'm not... Yeah, it wasn't a bad match. It was It was good. It was good. I mean, it was a match. It was a match. I just, like, uh, I guess just put off because I really thought La Sicaria should have won it. Where do they go with those two from here now? That's, like, how does yeah. this continue? See, like, I'm still not trying to be a booker, but I'm also like, well, where does this go now? I mean, is that just done now? Is it just done? Because, I mean, Champs won. Thunder Rosa beat Ivelisse. Then as a tag team, they lost. So, like, what does that mean for La Sicaria? What does this mean for them? I don't know. I just, I just think it would have been more interesting if the other team won. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to fucking do? We're so, going to move on to the next thing, which is a uh, great segment in the back. I guess. A promo between MJF and Chris Jericho. Well, firstly, we have Dasha talking to Jericho. And... Well, he's talking to Jericho. He's talking to Jericho. <laughs> okay, I'll continue. And uh, he's talking about the Isaiah Cassidy thing. And saying, you know, Isaiah Cassidy will definitely be a star one day. But pretty much saying, but not right fucking now. And JF comes around the corner. Comes over to smooch a little Jericho ass. Hey, if you're going to smooch an ass. <laughs> so then they go back and forth kissing each other's ass. Ooh. Yeah. But then... They call each other out on last... Was it last week they did it? Where they talked behind each other's back? They, call they called each other losers behind each other's back. And I just think it's hilarious that we're finally addressing the idea that wrestlers actually watch the show. <laughs> because you wouldn't have known about it unless you looked it up on social media. Or actually watch the show. Like, I feel like that's something that's like never happened in wrestling where like a wrestler actually comments on something that happened and it was jericho on the show. jericho straight up said it was on dynamite oh no yeah he watched it on dynamite a million people watched that saw you call me a loser i feel like this is really pulling at some strings these are i love it because i feel like it's always questioned the intelligence of the viewer where it's like something will happen behind the back of a wrestler on the show, and it's like, then they never found out. They never knew about what happened behind their back. A couple WrestleManias ago, just to show how ingrained this is, a couple WrestleManias ago, during the build, Brock Lesnar, who I believe was the champion at the time, straight up said to Paul Heyman, I don't watch the show, Paul. Why would I watch the show? Mm -hmm. So, to see the complete reverse of that and acknowledge the fans might have some intelligence, like you said, I think that's a good um, positive development. We know what I just thought of? Like, a couple weeks ago before the last pay-per-view, like, Eddie Kingston hugging all his buddies, giving the camera the old wink, 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 wink. So it's like, apparently none of them watched the show. I just feel like they seriously have, like, pulled out a string that now they can't go back on. You can't do things behind wrestlers' back and just, like, pretend, like, oh, well, they just don't watch the show or look at social media ever. Not the forbidden portal I wanted to open, but uh, one that's open nonetheless. I'm all for it. I think it's funny. So they, they ask each other why they call each other a loser. MJF says, I didn't call you a loser. I was calling the chauffeur a loser. And then Jericho's like, I wasn't calling you a loser. I was calling Shivani a loser. Poor Tony. So, now they're BFFs. For now. Here's what I want to know. And JR brought it up, going back to Tony. When his phone got smashed, if he's not in the cloud, does that mean he lost Britt Baker's number? Oh my god. But he said he is in the cloud. Okay, good enough. But it is enough. cute to hear, uh, hear JR talk about the cloud. Do a, he did a Google. He did. He's cute. 
So then we have our main event of the evening, which I was so fucking hyped for. Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley for the AEW Championship. Pretty what an, platinum. What an audible. What an audible they called here. I love this audible. I actually was more excited about this match than the six-man. And it's not shitting on the other people in the six-man. I like them all. I just am not a fan of matches with a lot of people in them. I feel like they're clusterfucks. So I love the idea of a one-on-one -on -one Moxley versus Kingston. Totally on board. And that's what we got. We got a slow start. They traded chops. They built it up. It felt like real. It felt like every time they chopped each other's chest, it felt like they were saying, like, fuck you to the other one. It was like real, like, disrespectful, like, pushing people's heads back and slapping and chopping. It felt like a really real nasty boy fight, <laughs> which I'm all for. So, And I just want to make a point here. So much of this match, again, so much of this match was in picture in picture. Why? Yeah, uh... Couldn't we have had a seven to ten minute, whatever they want, pick, you know, clean commercial break between the Jericho segment and this match? Get it out of the way. People are going to wait because they want to see the main event anyway. Why do you have to put it in the main event? Yeah. Makes absolutely no sense. I mean, like, maybe there's something that we're, we don't... I'm sure there's a lot we don't know, but I'm sure there might be something to it. Speak where it's for like, yourself. Like, TNT's like, oh, we have to have a commercial break 10 minutes before the end of the show. Like, there's no goddamn way around it. We goddamn have to have it. I mean, if that's the case, whatever. But if that's not the case, please do something about it. Because this is the goddamn... <laughs> okay, I'm saying that too much. This is for the bell. So, like... Let's respect it. Let's respect it a little bit. So we get some good moves in here. Eddie gets a suplex. Gun on him on the outside. There was a pile driver at one point. Eddie breaks that up with a rope break. Mm -hmm. By his boot. It, it appeared to me. Maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. And that happens often. It appeared to me. Eddie hurt himself a little bit. Like, something going on with his arm or hand or something. And I believe, I'm not sure, but I believe I saw a little bit of an audible called when they were in a corner before the end. Not sure. Didn't matter. It was still good. They did a good job of this kind of slowing the match down a little bit to work around Eddie's physical limits. Yeah. It didn't hurt the match at all. No. It was... It was good as hell. It didn't have to be a high-flying thing because, honestly, that probably wouldn't even have worked with Eddie's character being what it is. It, oh, God, no. You no, just, no, no. You just yeah. had a couple of guys beating the shit out of each other. Mm -hmm. It was great. It was great. And he ends up putting Eddie in a chokehold, and Eddie doesn't tap. He's put to sleep, and the ref has to end it. I just think that's so badass. Like, that's a badass way to end it. Yes. Could you imagine if they had made him tap? I don't want to see Eddie tap. Absolutely not. He's just not the... He's just one of those people who's like, I'd rather die. You're gonna have to put my <laughs> ass to sleep. <laughs> For real. And, um... So, Moxley wins. Luchas come out. They run out. They're beating on Moxley. Hobbs comes out, tries to make the save, but he gets overwhelmed. Yeah. Then Darby comes out. It's good to see Darby. Starks comes out and takes Darby down. Mm -hmm. Taz watches like a creep from the ramp. And the heels end up standing tall at the end, all getting their asses beat by them. And that's the end of the show. So I'm going to say I thought the opening match was a fun match. Mm -hmm. The main event was great, very entertained. Um, A lot of stuff in the middle didn't work for me. Mm. Uh, the Cody thing is an absolute disaster. Uh, I I think whoever... If Cody came up with that look himself and... You know he did. You know, then he should fire himself. If, <laughs> if someone else did that, Cody should fire them. 
My Sorry. thinking is that Cody won't because Brandy probably came up with the shit. No, okay, let's let's cool it on shit on. I feel like we shit on Cody enough. Did we? Yeah. That's an infinite resource. I'm gonna. I feel like each show now. I'm gonna name the superstar. My superstar of the show was Eddie Goddamn Kingston. I gotta tell you, I was not more excited at any po- point in the show than when he was doing his fucking one-minute promo. That one-minute promo at, near the beginning of the show was my favorite part of the entire show. Well, the man does cut a mean promo on snack food, so look what he can do on John Moxley. Oh my god, it was so good. And when he wrestles, like, he's just so, like... You could just read his face how much he cares. I don't know. He just... He's so real. Like, I know that word gets used a lot, but I just feel like he's not a character. Like, that's Eddie Kingston. So you gave the, uh... The superstar of the night. I'm, I think we're coming up with a new segment here. <laughs> What's yours? I'm gonna come up with the dud of the night. <laughs> oh, let me guess who you're gonna pick. <laughs> who is it? I struggle... You pick one dud. I struggle, because in the running... Just pick a dud. You have Isaiah Cassidy, who... No, he's not a... He's probably not a was dud. more of a pure dud moment. No. But I got to give it to Cody Rhodes. Oh, surprise, surprise. Wow, what a pile of shit. <gasps> what an absolutely garbage return. Oh my god. Vanity booking, putting himself over... Cody is inching his way towards being the 2002 Triple H of AEW. Oh, damn, you went hard. And I can I I'm will continue say to do so. That his views do not reflect the views of this station. What station? <laughs> and they absolutely do. This is correct opinions on wrestling. Correct. I'm not going to say well, you're too no nice. You're too nice. To that. I'm just going to say you're going too hard. And that's it. That was dynamite. That was dynamite. <laughs> that's the end. Let's, let's say goodbye now. All right. Click, subscribe, like, do all the things. Yeah, and comment. If you think we're pieces of shit, go ahead and tell us. I mean, you're not going to tell us anything we don't already know, but. Do you think I anyway. need fucking respect from you people? <laughs> I gave up on respect years ago. <laughs> Alright, comment. Whatever. Subscribe. Do it. You got nothing better to do. Yep. You know you'll love the show. You're you in quarantine. You listen all the way through. If you listen all the way through, you, you better subscribe. Do All right, all right that's it for today. Bye. We'll, we'll be back next week. Bye-bye-bye. Bye-bye-bye.